Welcome to the Top 5 Podcast. My name is Esteban Bailey, and joining me today is Ori Benatar. The Champions League is back. Liverpool got an incredible late victory against PSG at Anfield. United got a solid win in Switzerland, but Man City and Tottenham both have stumbled out of the gates. Ori, what do you think of the most recent Champions League fixtures? Well, I didn't get a chance to watch too much of it, uh, but I uh, checked out the highlights. I was looking through some of the games, and man, was it a fantastic opening weekend in the Champions League. Tottenham just blowing that lead. Guess who said Inter was going to win 2-1? Hate to toot my own horn, but I did say it was going to happen, Esteban. You're like, oh, Inter is so terrible. Well, guess what? Icardi scored the best goal of the weekend or the best goal of the week, I should say, and Inter came back and won. And no Alderweireld, no Trippier really cost Tottenham. Manchester United, they played a, a bad team, and young boys no, nowhere close to United's skill level, so easy win for Man U. Uh, Man City losing at home to Lyon, my goodness. Uh, that was a shocker. Both goals were bad giveaways by the defense. Fakir's goal was tremendous. It just kind of launched off of his left foot for that second one for the French side. But then... That Liverpool-PSG game really lived up to all the expectations. It was fast-paced. It was exciting. I saw the last 10 minutes of the game, saw the Mbappe equalizer. It was a tremendous equalizer. And then the winner from Firmino. Huge win for Liverpool. Really proves that they are one of the best teams in Europe. We saw maybe a glimpse of that last season because of Salah's incredible form. But now with Salah not scoring a lot of goals, we can still see Liverpool doesn't necessarily need Salah to be in peak you know, stratosphere-like performances, you know, way up into space type of goals. But Liverpool's looked really good against PSG. I think that PSG just need a little bit more in the midfield, it seems. But Liverpool was the most impressive team. I mean, that game was amazing. Yeah, I mean, the PS, you know, the PSG game was pretty interesting because even though Liverpool won uh, and they were generally the better team, they still gave up some pretty poor def- uh you know, goals against PSG's Mbappe, and uh, I think it was Mounier. Uh, it's an it was an interesting kind of game to watch because it seems that PSG is just not prepared for the Champions League. They're you know, Ligue 1 is so poor that it just is not preparing them properly for these kind of tougher away matches in the Champions League. And you know, that's been PSG's problem for the last couple seasons. And I'm not sure what's going to happen. Neymar had a pretty bad game, and Mbappe had uh, a terrible giveaway in his own half that led to the Bobby Firmino goal. But uh, you know. What if you, I, I'm not gonna let you push? Yeah, I'm gonna push back on you because, like, you also said that Liverpool was going to lose at Anfield at home to PSG, and it was clear that Liverpool was the better team. So you, you gotta, you gotta, gotta take some something on the chin there. Uh, okay, also, fine, I, we'll even it out. Okay. Well, well, hold on a second because I'm gonna fight back a little bit on the inner game because, like, I saw the whole Inter Milan Tottenham game. Both teams played awfully. Uh, Inter Milan was had their heads held like down the entire match. And it was just one Icardi strike, which I disagree with you. I don't think it was the best of the weekend. The best of the weekend was Mariano's strike against Roma on Wednesday. And, uh, it, you know, Inter played horribly, and so did Tottenham. To me, it's more of a problem with Tottenham's team than it is a greatness of Inter Milan's team. Like, Tottenham, th- this is a real issue that I think we really need to talk about. Tottenham is playing awfully this season, and I'm not sure if it's because of the World Cup or if it's because, you know, maybe these players... The rotation by Pochettino isn't really working. He's not getting the right system in place for these players. Harry Kane has been playing playing poorly. Deli Alley is non-existent. Christian Eriksen has been okay, but he hasn't been as influential as he usually is. Like, what do you think is wrong with Tottenham? I just think there is probably a little bit of World Cup fatigue behind it because so many of their players 
were on England or you had a couple Belgian players who got to the semifinals, played in the third place playoff, a few that got to the round of 16. But at this point, it's the middle of September. I don't think World Cup fatigue should play as much of a factor as people could be saying it is. I just think it's Deli Ali is maybe just not as involved anymore. We've seen Lucas Mora come in and play really well for Tottenham. And since Sun has come back, Tottenham hasn't won basically i mean tottenham lost before sun came back against watford 2-1 then they lost to liverpool 2-1 and then they lost to inter 2-1 but they had that win and i think it's just also trippier and aldeverald are really super important to this team i think in the premier league they just ran into uh two teams that were just playing their best football i mean liverpool is a better team than tottenham squad wise watford was just playing out of their minds in those first four weeks of the season and that was the big reason that they came back to beat tottenham I think in this case against Inter, yes, Inter did not play that well. I agree with you there. I'm not saying that they're like an amazing team in Syria. I just went for the upset and I thought it was going to happen just because of the fact that for me, Trippier and Alderweireld are probably the second and third most important players on this team behind Harry Kane. If you don't have Harry Kane on Tottenham, you don't have goals. I mean, that's just the bottom line. You need to get them from Erickson and Son. Deli Ali needs to actually start getting more involved. They'll have a good chance this weekend to get a win at Brighton, but... Right now, I just think World Cup fatigue is not is not a good enough excuse to to say to see Tottenham lose three straight games two one. Yeah, no, that's absolutely agreed. I mean, there's been plenty. You know, Manchester, all, all the all the top six teams have had players playing the World Cup for long stretches of time, and they're playing very well at this point in time. So it seems that there's a, a little bit of a malaise going through Tottenham. Maybe there's a problem with the manager that he's not really getting into his players, and of course, when Harry Kane is not scoring. Tottenham can barely generate any kind of chances or create anything, which is really interesting. Uh, we're going to have to wait and see what happens with Tottenham. It's a poor start. They're in a tough group. Barcelona won their won the other game of the group 4-0 at the Camp Nou. Uh, Tottenham's going to have a pretty, pretty tough path to get second place after this defeat to Inter. But it's still early. Anything can happen. Um, but, you know, I think the other big story that came out of the Champions League week, uh, week is Manchester City losing at home to Lyon. Now, we both thought Man City was going to win this game pretty easily, 3-0. 3-1 um, we thought you know it would be just a walk in the park but Leon really came to play and Nabil Fekir I, I bet you as a Liverpool fan are pretty sad that you weren't able to get that player in the summer transfer window yeah it's unfortunate I mean Fakir is a baller it's too bad we didn't get to see a lot of him at the World Cup I mean he is a he's a World Cup winner technically even though he didn't really uh, start for the France squad in Russia but him and Memphis Depay form a really great camaraderie for this Lyon team and Lyon has always been that side that will get you will get into the group stage of the Champions League play pretty well against some decent opposition but then they'll falter and maybe move down to the Europa League and that's very possible this year big game against Shakhtar coming up for Lyon at home that is going to be on Tuesday October the 2nd so that's their next Champions League match that game is going to be really important for Lyon to win because if they win then making it out of the group stage is pretty likely for them because you know Depay who really struggled with Man United after such a great World Cup with the Netherlands in 2014 he's really found his form in France he's been playing really well for Lyon and Nabil Fekir is one of the most underrated players in the world I think uh, more people need to talk about him as being amongst the better attacking midfielders that are not in like the top 
top category, like the world-class category of attacking midfielders. So a, a great win for Lyon, getting a win at the Etihad. Manchester City now have lost their last four Champions League games, dating back to their 2-1 loss to Basel in that second leg. They did lose that game, technically. Then they lost to Liverpool twice in the quarterfinals, and now a group stage loss to Lyon. So Pep Guardiola, four straight Champions League losses with Man City. I don't think a lot of people saw that coming. No, not at all. But that was something that we did preview over the season, that the Champions League is probably more important to Guardiola this season than the Premier League. And the fact that they got off to such an inauspicious start is a little concerning if you're a Manchester City fan. But we're going to, you know, it's still early. Uh, everybody gets upset at some point in the Champions League. It's a t difficult composite competition. It's the best teams in Europe and basically the best teams in the world. So we're going to have to wait and see. Before we move on to the Europa League, uh, really quickly, I want to ask you, of Liverpool, United, Man City, and Tottenham, instead of asking which team you think is going to go the farthest, of these four, from just what you've seen and you know what you think about the teams in general, which of these four teams is most likely to fall into the Europa League uh, coming after you know the group stage is over? Probably Tottenham, just because losing to Inter just shows that Tottenham might not be the clear-cut second-best team in this group and might have these late losses. We'll have to see how they play against Barcelona at Wembley in the next game. I think Lionel Messi, who scored a hat-trick in his first game, he's just on a mission to win the Champions League this year. Hasn't won it since 2015, which is a pretty, a pretty long time for him. I mean, Cristiano Ronaldo and Lionel Messi, one of those two players has won the Champions League since 2014. Messi is trying to keep that run going, but he hasn't tasted Champions League glory since 2015. So he's hungry to win a title. Tottenham also, I think PSV, they... If you don't have Alderweireld and Trippier, I mean, I think Alderweireld and Trippier should be back for the game against Barcelona. Surely they need to be in two weeks' time. But... Even Tottenham's defense against, you know, Herving Lozano and some other and Luke de Jong on PSV, they could have troubles with that side in Holland or potentially at home because when they play PSV in England, maybe we'll finally see the new stadium. We still don't know when that's going to happen, when they're going to open Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. So Tottenham, for me, would be the most likely team to drop to the Europa League. And boy, would that make for a fun Europa League to have Arsenal, Chelsea and Tottenham all in the round of 32 and you could have three of the four big London clubs in the semifinals. That would be pretty exciting. Yeah, North London Derby or Chelsea versus Tottenham Europa League clash uh, with high stakes for the for that final Champions League spot would be incredible to watch. So we're going to have to wait and see for that. But uh, let's move on to the Europa League. Uh, we're not going to talk too long about it. Uh, Chelsea versus Chelsea versus PAOK Athens. Uh, it was a pretty relatively normal game. Chelsea won 1-0 due to a Williams strike in the seventh minute. Uh, pretty boring. Chelsea dominated the match. They didn't create too many chances, but it you know the Athens wasn't really doing anything with when they had the ball either. So it was a pretty comfortable professional victory for Chelsea. Good start to the Europa League. Did you get any? Did you watch it by any chance or any highlights? Caught some highlights uh, late last night. I was too busy uh, announcing an Illinois-Ohio State women's soccer game as well as watching my Browns finally win a game in the NFL and only took them 630-plus days. So that was a nice way to spend my Thursday night. But, <laughs> yeah, bring on I mean, Baker. I think the Right. But I think the, the big thing with Chelsea and Arsenal is they've really proven that they are probably the two teams to beat in this competition, especially with some of the rocky performances we saw from some of the other favorites. I mean, AC Milan only beat uh, F91 Dudelange. I think their team from Luxembourg. They only won one nothing off a Higuain goal. Marseille lost to Eintracht Frankfurt at home after scoring in the first three minutes. So that's a bad loss for Marseille, who made the final. Steven Gerrard's Rangers side was able to get a late draw against Villarreal, who I would consider to 
to be a favorite just because of the Spanish pedigree. The only one that strutted their stuff other than Chelsea and Arsenal was Sevilla. 5-1 win against Standard Liège. But Arsenal looked really good, but they're playing Vorskla. I mean, they're going to look really good. They're going to score four goals. Bert Leno, unfortunate to see him not get a clean sheet in his first career Arsenal start with those two late goals. So that's something Arsenal needs to get out. They always seem to Arsenal at some point. You're up 4-0 against Vorskla, a team from Ukraine that most people have never heard of, and then they still concede two goals late in the second half. Chelsea, good to see a lot of their starters play. Hazard did not play. I think that's smart. But Zeppa Costa and Christensen got starts. Would like to see the youngsters get more involved. Loftus-Cheek and hudson Adoy. But Chelsea and Arsenal should both be dominating this group and probably should be dominating this competition. And based on the squads we saw on Thursday for these games, I think Chelsea and Arsenal are in the running to go after this trophy and try and get to the Champions League through winning the Europa League. Yeah, I would have to agree with you. I think we're going to have to wait until the round of 32 when the Champions League teams uh, come down into the Europa League competition because last season, of course, Atletico Madrid uh, came in third place in their group with Roma and Chelsea, and they fell into the Europa League and then beat Arsenal on their way to winning the title, uh, the Europa League crown. So we're going to have to wait and see. But yes, for sure, Arsenal and Chelsea had the best start to the Europa League campaign. I thought Arsenal played pretty exceptionally well in the first and second half, uh, first and the first half of the second half. But it's, you know, it's a problem that Unai Emery is going to have to figure out is that this team lacks a full 90-minute intensity. Uh, they tend to give up late goals. Even if they're up by you know several goals, they, they tend to relax. I think that's a symptom of a Wenger-style system where you know Wenger would kind of have a lackadaisical defensive style anyways, and the, it didn't always have the intensity needed to perform for a full 90 minutes. So we're going to have to wait and see. Uh, I keep saying that, but it's just true. It's still so early in these both, both of these competitions, but you're right. Arsenal and Chelsea, they should be at least semifinalists or quarterfinalists in this competition by next year. So uh, good starts, but, you know, we're going to have to wait and see. Um, all right, so let's move on to our final segment before we go, our EPL predictions. Now, last week, Ori, you won. You got, I think, three perfect scores. We're going to see if you can keep that up this week. But uh, let's just jump right into it. I want you to go first because I always go first and lose. So you're, you're going first this time. Uh, give me your Fulham-Watford prediction. First game on Saturday. I think we're going to start off Saturday with a one-all draw. I think Fulham have uh, played better at home this season. Last home win against Burnley 4-2, but Burnley is the worst team in the league. Um, I think Watford are going to start evening evening out a little bit. Fulham, though, on the road have had their struggles. I mean, giving up a 2-0 lead against Brighton, losing big to Man City, but those are tough matchups, especially with Brighton coming back in two straight games. But I think they'll get a one-all draw against Watford. Mm. So I went with a. Let me ask you something. Would you change your response if I told you that Fulham is playing at home? No, because they're not on the road. They're playing Watford. They're playing in uh, Cottage Road. Yeah, I said they're at home. I'm pretty sure I said oh, okay. they're at home. I thought I thought you said that. Yeah, never mind. Doesn't matter. I thought you said uh, Watford was at home. Anyway, so I'm going to go with a two-one victory for Watford. I don't think Fulham is a very good home team. I think their attacking style is going to struggle against a real defensive rigid, uh, rigidity of Watford. Watford played very well against Manchester United, so it makes me think that they're going to be able to withstand this form for a couple more weeks. Fulham, um, they're a good team. It's been a little bit of a struggle for them to start the season, but I still think Fulham is going to still struggle a little bit. They haven't really figured out everything, but when they do and they start clicking, they're going to be a, a really great team. But yeah, I'm going to go with a 2-1 victory for Watford. Uh, one of the marquee games of the weekend, Manchester United versus Wolves. 
One nil, Manu. Um, I think Manu is is gonna get into a winning rhythm after their slow start to the season. They will get their fourth consecutive win. I think that Wolves will play well. I think they will hold United for a majority of the game, but I think Man United will win one nothing. That's a good pick. I'm gonna go with one one. I think Wolves is going to get the same result that they got against City. I know it's not on the it's not it's on the road. It's going to be at El Trafford, but I think Wolves has the kind of system that can really frustrate Manchester United's kind of limited attacking uh, impetus. Um, also, I think Wolves is pretty good at pressing in the midfield, and Pogba has a tendency to give the ball up in the you know his own half. So I think I think it would be you know I think Wolves can at least nick a goal, and uh, maybe they won't win, and that's why I'm going to go with a one-one. But I think Wolves is going to play pretty well. They've been very impressive to start the season. So let's see. Uh, moving on, Crystal Palace versus Newcastle. Uh, what do you got? I got a 2-2 tie. I think this will be an exciting game. I think Newcastle finally will be able to be like, oh, we don't have to play a top six. Finally. It's been like all season where Newcastle, I mean, the only reason Newcastle doesn't have zero points is because of a draw against Cardiff, which should have been a win. And they're still sitting on one point. But I think they'll get another point against Crystal Palace. I think this will be an exciting game. Give me 2-2. I would love an exciting game, but I'm going to go with a 1-0 victory for Newcastle. I think their defensive abilities, even though they struggled against all top six sides, I thought they played very well in the defensive third. Um, I think, you know, Crystal Palace is a one-man team. Rolford Saha has already kind of been talking to the media about how he feels that he's getting less good treatment because of all the fouling he's getting. Um, So maybe Newcastle is going to be a little more physical with him. Um, I think Newcastle is finally going to get their first win of the season or their first, you know, and I think they're going to play, you know, reasonably well and they're going to frustrate the kind of limited offense of Crystal Palace. But I'm hoping for your scoreline, honestly, because I would prefer a 2-2 draw to watch. Um, All right. So Leicester City versus Huddersfield. What is your scoreline? This is my snooze of the week. It's going to be my weekly thing. My Satwa. My Satwa is a (laughs) nil-nil draw between Leicester and Huddersfield. This is not going to be a good game. <laughs> wait, wait, what was your score? I, I I was laughing too much. It's it's my it's my nil nil. I'm saying oh nil nil. Oh my god! You always want to go with a nil nil. I, I thought you'd go with a satwa of a one one. <laughs> what a term! No. I love it. We're keeping that. What one. a term! Yeah, no nil nil. <laughs> I think that Leicester has been struggling recently. Sure, they got two goals against Bournemouth, but they were both late. And Huddersfield has the worst attack in the league. Only two goals, and only one of them is meaningful. Zero zero at King Power. Oh. All right, I'm not going to go with the 0-0. I still think it'll be boring, but it's going to be it's still going to have a lot of goals. I'm going to go with Leicester City winning 3-1. Uh, Leicester City has shown that it can bounce back from bad results, and I think Huddersfield is still one of the worst teams in the league. They can't attack, and they're not very good at defending, so I'm going to go with Leicester City 3-1. Uh, this one should be a high-scoring game, but maybe not for one team. Cardiff City versus Man City in Wales. What's your scoreline? Four nothing, Man City. I think uh, a loss in the Champions League will have this team pissed off, and they will take it out on Cardiff in Wales. Four nil to the champions. I have the exact same scoreline with the exact same reasoning. I think Man City's about to open up a cannibal pass on this on this Cardiff City team. They're they must be so incredibly upset by their terrible performance against Liam. I think Man City's going to put out their strongest 11, and they're really going to take out their frustrations against this poor Wales team. But you never know. Um, All right, let's go to the marquee game on Saturday, the 12.30. Liverpool, actually, no, it's not the 12.30, never mind. But the Liverpool versus Southampton. Of course, Southampton has produced many Liverpool players in the last few years. I think this should be a fun game. It's at Anfield. Liverpool's riding high after their Champions League victories and, of course, all their victories in the Premier League. Is this when the streak stops? Does Liverpool lose against Southampton? 
No, I think they stay perfect. I think they're going to win 3-1. I think Alex McCarthy, though, will perform well. He's actually been one of the better keepers in the league. Made some good saves in the uh, tie against Brighton. Was really good against Crystal Palace uh, before the international break. So, But I think Sadio Mane against his old team, I think that he's going to open up. And maybe we'll see Mo Salah get a few goals. He's had uh, some struggles recently. So I think Liverpool win 3-1. I think that's going to be the NBCSN game for the 10 a.m. Eastern kickoff. That would make sense. All right, I'm gonna go with a two-one victory, Liverpool. Um, I think you. I think Mane is gonna have a pretty good game. He always plays well against Southampton. But I also think that Danny Ings on Southampton, who's had a very good start to the season, might be able to get one goal back against his former club, Liverpool. Um, I think it'll be an entertaining game. I think they they generally have pretty fun games between Liverpool and Southampton. So I think it'll be interesting. But yeah, I so I, Liverpool should still be at the top of the table by the end of the weekend. Um, let's move on to what I thought was going to be your <laughs> your satwa of the weekend: Burnley versus Bournemouth. What's your scoreline? Two one Bournemouth. I think their offense is really good. I don't know why I picked them to tie Leicester nil nil last week. I just went out of the box the same way with my Inter pick. You got to have an out of the box pick, which is coming up later. You'll see. But Bournemouth to beat Burnley two one. Burnley has just had a really rough season. I think they're going to have a fifth straight loss this time at home to the Cherries. So I have the same scoreline, but the opposite result. I think Burnley's going to win 2-1. I think they're going to get their first victory of the season. Uh, Bournemouth, I think they're a fantastic team, but they're not as always good on the road. Both these two teams played to 2-1 victories uh, on the road last season. Burnley won at Bournemouth 2-1, and Bournemouth won at Burnley 2-1 last year. So I'm going to reverse it and have Burnley finally winning at home against Bournemouth 2-1. Um, I just think that Burnley, if they're not going to get relegated, this is the game where they need to show up and prove that they're not going to get relegated. They have to win this game. This is a must-win game. Um, They're not going to get as many easy opponents for the rest of the season. Not to say that Bournemouth is very easy. It's just that Burnley needs to win against teams that are closer to their level. And if they don't win this game, I I really believe that they're probably going to get relegated along with Huddersfield and Cardiff. But uh, let's go to Brighton versus Tottenham. I'm going to assume this is your out-of-the-box pick. Nope. Uh, I think oh, this is okay. a two two nothing win for Spurs. Brighton have been riding the comeback train, but let's be real, they came back against Fulham and Southampton. Nowhere uh, the quality of Tottenham, even though Tottenham has lost three straight and they have struggled. I think this is a chance for Harry Kane to get some goals. We'll see if uh, Lucas plays. Probably going to be Son instead, but I think Tottenham get a win here, two nothing. I agree with you, but I'm going to go with a 3-1 victory for Tottenham. I think Brighton plays exceptionally well at home. We've seen this for the past two seasons. Um, I think Brighton will get a, at least one goal early, or you know maybe they'll get you know make it kind of hairy towards the end. It won't be as comfortable for Tottenham as they probably want it to be, but they'll eventually pull it out and they'll get the win. So I'm going 3-1. All right, West Ham versus Chelsea. This should be a fun game on Sunday. Uh, what's your scoreline? Uh- Agreed. I think it will be a fun game at the London Stadium. I think Hazard now rested for a full week because he didn't play in the Europa League against uh, PAOK. Hazard is just going to keep doing what he's doing. Might get a sixth and seventh goal this season. Chelsea beats West Ham 3-1 at the London Stadium. Oh, I have the exact same scoreline. I was going to pick West Ham to win because I just wanted to have some kind of upset to watch. However, because Arnautovic has been hurt, I changed my scoreline to have Chelsea winning pretty comfortably. Um, basically, their front line is going to have to be Philippe Anderson, Lucas Perez, and Yarmolenko, and that's not as frightening as it would have been with Arnautovic or even Chicharito, who's also uh, with an Ill- illness, so he's not going to be able to play. But uh, final game of the weekend, this is your out-of-the-box pick. I'm very curious to see what your result is going to be. Uh, Arsenal versus Everton on Sunday. 
what's your scoreline? It's not so much the results, it's the score. I have Arsenal beating Everton 5-2. I think Everton's defense, rough time against West Ham. They have not been able to find the, that center-back pairing that's working for them best. We still haven't seen Yerry Mina play in the Premier League, so I would like to see him play maybe for Everton. But they've had some struggles a little bit. Sure, Richarlison will be back for this game. I think I think he can get both or at least one of Everton's goals. But I think Arsenal's offense has been clicking recently. And I need something out of the box. And I want something out of the box. 5-2 to the Gunners. Because there's a lot of times where Everton plays the top six. And there's a huge scoreline. So I got five for Arsenal. I think that's a pretty wise pick. Um, Everton lost Arsenal by, a, you know, they lost both games by more than four goals. They lost the first game 5-1 and the second game 5-2. Um, the Everton definitely struggles against Arsenal in general. Uh, Theo Walcott is coming back, which might make it a little easier as well. He might get a goal against his former club. But I'm going to go with a 3-2 victory for Arsenal. I'm not as bold. I do think that Arsenal's defense is really poor, and I wouldn't be shocked if this turned into a 3-3 kind of game. But Arsenal is Arsenal's attack is pretty good. I mean, it's it's better than last season, which is it's saying a lot because Arsenal's attack last season was pretty good. But now it seems that this attack is definitely a little more potent, a little deadlier. They they're really good on the counter attack, as we saw in the Europa League. And uh, Aubameyang finally got a couple goals, so he might be able to score along with Lacazette, who's been having a pretty pretty solid season so far. So. I think it's going to be 3-2. I hope it's 5-2. So thank you so much for giving me a little bit of hope. But uh, I still think Arsenal is probably going to win this 3-2. But uh, you got any top performers or anybody you want us to look out for this weekend, maybe for fantasy before we go? Ah, uh, For fantasy, maybe Solomon Rondon finally gets off the mark and gets a couple goals for Newcastle. But one thing I did want to mention before we uh, close it out, that Ronaldo red card was not a red card. I get why the ref called it, but that was not a red card. Oh yeah, 100%. That, that that was clearly, come on, like that that's a yellow. That's a it's a yellow card at most. Thankfully, I don't think he's going to get banned for more than one game. He'll still be able to face Manchester United at Old Trafford, which would still be a fun game, but it's still ridiculous that he got a red card for that. Totally. I I just don't get it. But yeah, I just wanted to throw that out there cuz I didn't get a chance to see it live and I just saw it and I'm like he got sent off for that? Are you kidding me? There's every reason to whine about it. I would whine about it too. But yeah, Solomon Rondon, I think also, I think he can score some goals. Maybe Salah gets off the mark for City. Uh, I mean, who knows? All their players can score. Maybe Aguero gets another hat trick. I don't know. And then if Arsenal does win 5-2, I'm saying that uh, this is a game where Aubameyang might uh, get, get a hat trick. Ooh, that would be exciting. I mean, he did score his first ever Premier League goal for Arsenal against Everton at the Emirates, so maybe we'll get a repeat of that, hopefully. And Mkhitaryan also got three assists in that game at the Emirates in the past, uh, I think it was in February of this year. So let's see if we can get another five-goal game. It'd be pretty interesting to see if Arsenal can actually kind of hit those Wenger goal uh, tallies that they used to get against lower-level opposition. But, uh, you know, it's gonna be. I think it's going to be a fun weekend, but uh, we'll be back on Monday to recap the whole games, talk about the future of the Premier League and also maybe some future UCL uh, ties and all this other good stuff but uh, continue to come back here come back to the feed come back to listening to us blather about football and all this kind of stuff so thank you so much for listening we'll see you soon